everyone it's that time time to head down the stairs behind the movie screen and join the crew we are film critics directors actors and cinephiles all gathering to talk about what we love the most the movies so join us as we celebrate 10 years on this mr toad's wild ride grab your favorite drink pull up a chair and stay a while in the place where the conversation is fresh but we do spoil the movies in the spoiler room and here we are everyone another another Perfect 10 episode. Hey, oh, we are celebrating our 10th anniversary here on The Spoiler Room. And we're looking at films from 2013 for this special series. You get one a month. And this month, well, last month, Ian spun the wheel. <laughs> and we got Under the Skin, which launched Skin Flicks Month, which is what we're in the middle of here. <laughs> and yes, we are looking at 2013's Under the Skin from a 24 and with me tonight is uh my co-host right hand man and the man who just keeps coming back for more is another than mr ian simmons hello ian how are you doing great i'm very curious to see what you think after having watched this movie again because man i've got some thoughts I, spoiler <laughs> i still i still love this movie it's just i haven't talked about it in 10 years well, I'm looking forward to our discussion, and Kara uh, should be joining us soon. She's going to try to make it. Hopefully, she can. So, cool. again, folks, thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, and popping your favorite drink. I have a new favorite drink, possibly. Drink Wisconsinably has come out ah. with damn good brandy old fashions. That's right. It is canned brandy old fashions now i'm not a huge brandy old fashioned though that is the state drink uh you know not just any alcoholic beverage wisconsin has an official state drink as well and it is the brandy old fashioned and we were at a event last weekend a little tangent first folks uh called uncork me it was i was helping my wife uh, uh promoting the winery she works at we were pouring wine and all that well we happened to be put next to the drink Wisconsinably tent and the gentleman there pulled out a four pack of these. And I go, Oh my, what <laughs> is that? And he goes, have you had, I'm like, I'm not really a brand yet. here. Try this. So I tried it and Oh my Lord, if you like 
Brandy Old Fashions, folks. Drink Wisconsin Abilese. Damn good. Brandy Old Fashioned is is pretty damn good. So, And I'm not sponsored or anything. I'm just telling you that because it's tasty. Look, I am not by any stretch of the imagination an alcohol drinker, but I am going to see if Drink Wisconsibly has T-shirts because I would wear that. I love that name. <laughs> it's a wonderful name. They've been around for a while. And yeah, apparently I was talking to the guy. He said they've been developing this for about a year and they it is smooth and dangerous. And yeah, it's tasty. So, and there she is. I said she would be here and look at that. She appeared. It is none other <laughs> than Kara from the Horror Retrospective. How you doing, Kara? Doing doing all right. Glad I made it. <laughs> I was logging in and I was like, where did I put my avatar? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Ian's happy that you made it too, because for our 2013 Always. Perfect 10 episode, you get to do the synopsis, Kara, of Under the Skin, or try to anyway. Um, I'm going to buy you a couple of seconds though, Kara. Just to say that if you want, folks, you can buy Drink Wisconsibly t-shirts. I just found this. That's right. <laughs> they've got a variety of different colors. They've got I guess a, it's a pub too. Yeah. They've got a whole website. It's it's they're a wonderful, it's a wonderful, yeah, it's Wisconsin. Hey oh. Well, there we go. <laughs> now hey. I wish I had read the synopsis. Um <laughs> if not, if you don't want to do it, that's okay. Ian, Ian can do it, or I'll I'll even do it. I could we could read it off of IMDB too. I, I don't want you to, uh, you know. <laughs> the, the best I can come up is come up with is we have a beautiful alien man snatcher who likes to drown men under glass. And then she realizes that she's not what she thinks she is. And my dog doesn't like that for some reason. <laughs> perfect <laughs> that's actually that's actually quite it yeah i mean that's that's pretty much the gist of it is uh scar scarlett johansson is scarlett johansson is playing the the female as it is titled that's all just the female and there's another person here the bad man that's what they're called the female and the bad man and yes the female goes out and lures men uh to their doom basically uh all through minimalistic dialogue uh very interesting soundtrack and yeah uh, i'm interested to get your uh, initial thoughts both of you and then we'll kind of dive into this film again this is a revisit folks uh we did cover this film about uh, eight years ago here in the spoiler room with a completely different crew. So I'm interested to see what my crew here uh, were interested if they liked it, hated it, if they're never coming back because this film, what the hell, Mark? So first we'll start with Kara. Kara, <laughs> uh, your initial feelings with this. Do you remember when you first saw it? I originally watched this back in 2014. So this was mm -hmm. my my revisit and... The first time I watched it, I was just thinking, what the devil is this? <laughs> it it's different. <laughs> it, it is, but I I um I feel like I understood it a little bit better this second time. Like um what I noticed this this second time and I I, I think is um 
she when she doesn't know what she is she follows a, a script more or less and mm-hmm. she she converses and she has um she at least um she communicates better after she kind of comes out of that and she realizes um and it's more like after the the disfigured man is rejected i think that's kind of when she snaps out of it yeah oh yeah we'll we'll uh definitely get into some of that because uh i there were some things that i noticed this time around that i didn't quite notice last time around i don't think uh, i i didn't get a chance to look at my pre- previous episode it's been a while since i've watched this too so I, I don't know what I thought on the previous episode. So this will be fun. Uh, <laughs> Ian, your initial thoughts with this uh, when you first saw it. Well, this was <clears throat> one of my top films of 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in love with Under the Skin and incredibly jealous of my friend and former uh, co-host on Kicking the Seat, Graham, because um, he got to see an early screening of this uh, with director Jonathan Glazer, like doing a Q&A afterwards. And so <clears throat> I think he came back from that, like raving about it to to me and our other co-host, Matt. And so we checked it out and yeah, just astonished. Um, I, yeah, it was, it was unlike as the, as the trailers say, you know, it was unlike anything I'd seen before. Um, and revisiting it now. Uh, yeah, I think it, it still holds up. Um, some things I picked up on that I had kind of missed before other things. I was a little bit hazy. I'm like, did I understand this better 10 years ago? I don't know. (laughs) But one thing that is consistent, I'm sure we'll talk about it is the beach scene, uh, 10 years ago really messed me up. I think because I was, you know, my kid was probably two and a half, but you know, it's one of those things that, you know, watching it even today, because I've got, you know, two kids now that, scene really ate me up. I felt disgusted. I felt nauseous. I mean, not that I had like a moral problem with what I was seeing, but just that, you know, Glazer and, and the screen, because he didn't write this. It was, um, it was based off of a this. book. Too. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, okay. He co-wrote the screenplay. It was based on a book, I think by uh, Walter Campbell, if I have that mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But there is something so primal about the way that scene was handled and the female's reaction or non-reaction to it and then the bad man i mean i think i think it's kind of how probably how he got his name <laughs> the bad man he's just kind of the the cleanup guy for this alien lady and is so singular minded that he'll leave a 16 month old or an 18 month old out on a beach in the middle of the night with crashing waves wow so yeah this movie really got to me and it still has that power 10 years on yeah when i watched it uh when I first watched it, I was taken aback. I was like, wow, this is, it was, I mean, we're talking 10 years ago. I mean, now we know a 24, but a 24 had only been around a year. They had done spring breakers. They, I was looking it up. They had a wild first year of distribution. And this was one of the films they did in their first year. And they basically, and they still do that today. They're bringing kind of these uh, different indie art house type picks to the big screen to to more screens which is awesome whether or not you like them or not it's awesome we're getting other cinema like this mm-hmm. and i didn't see this in the theater but i did rent it i'm like wow and then watched i watched it again for our show and also this is the third time viewing it um and yeah this film it it does i love films with minimal dialogue that 
still are able to tell a story through actions and scenes in that. I, I, those always kind of appeal to me a bit and they're not always done well, but uh, when they are, uh, they're really great, you know, where there's minimal or no dialogue really uh, because it relies on the actors. It's kind of like theater stage play almost because they have to pantomime in that. And you're right, Kara, our, our act, our, uh, the woman, mm-hmm. um, I noticed a lot more this time with her progression and, and it's definitely, she's a drone is what she is folks. In many ways, she's, she's a drone. She's not actually intended to have sex with any of the guys that she brings back. Right. But I do notice she gets progressively more naked every single time she brings (laughs) the guy back. Well, not that I'm complaining. She has a nice shape. Well, and they talked to her about it. She said she weighed whether or not she would, you know, being the actress that she was, because this is just when she started appearing. I think what Iron Man was just a year before this or after Avengers or Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Because Avengers was 2012. Right. Um, Iron Man yeah. 2, she was in as well. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I mean, she was just she was kind of becoming a name. I guess it took like 10 years to make this movie, actually. <laughs> so I think they shot a lot of her parts maybe before she was, no, you know, bigger name, which makes sense with the way they do some things in this film. Well, it's I mean, it's funny you say that, Mark, because she was already a really big name uh, before she was even involved True. in the Marvel Universe. It's just that she was an indie darling. Right. You know, she started off in uh, in Ghost World. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she was in other stuff too, but she was in Ghost World, uh, Lost in Translation, which was, I think, 2005. So she was kind of around. I think that's why a lot of people got excited. It's kind of like what happened with Elizabeth Olsen later on Mm -hmm. when she became Scarlet Witch. People were like, oh my God, she's going from doing these indie films to stepping into the Marvel arena. It's what's going to happen with Mia Goth. You know, I hate to say thank God for the writer's strike, but if it means we don't have to see her subjected to being in Blade... (laughs) <laughs> i'll just let that non sequitur sit but anyway yes back to scarlett johansson um yeah she's she's terrific and yeah i think that was that was kind of one of the appeals of this is people always kind of wondered and yes she does get i'll call it spectacularly naked in this movie but artfully so it's well, not yeah you know. that's why i want to i want to get Kara's opinion because we're just two guys here uh and it, it is you know her character gets naked but it's funny they call this an erotic thriller but there's nothing i don't see that at all thank you because the nudity would you say cara there's nothing really erotic or supposed to be titillating about her no i mean it just it just is like it's it's part of the story but there's really no no focus there's nothing sexy i mean she's not really enticing these men she's she's luring them but i mean all that you really hear is do you think i'm pretty and all you really see is like some guy touching her face and her neck and and it really doesn't go beyond that other than that one scene where she's she kind of closes her her eyes and the the guy eventually clicks and it's like oh you want me to kiss you (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i think i think there there is a lot of eroticism in the movie, mostly, you know, in terms of the way that she presents herself to lure these guys in, you know, she's in her underwear a lot. At one point, Mm -hmm. she's, you know, pretty naked. 
Uh, and there is a sensuality to the way that she moves her body. She's kind of like writhing, mm -hmm. almost like a snake to draw these men into this black room. What's fascinating, though, is that it, it straddles that line of objectification. But if you turn it around to the conventional idea of objectifying, you know, the, the naked female form, you got to turn that around and see, like, what's going on with the guys? Because there's a lot of male nudity in this movie. <laughs> But it's not like you've got, you know, Jason Momoa, you no. know, stripping down and, and going. They're all like these scrawny, pale, little Scottish, you know, club creatures. And they're yeah. just, yeah, they're not to say that they're all scummy, but they're all average scrawny guy. and unattractive. Yeah, they're everyman, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're average guys. I mean, it's not like you want to check them out and, you know, pull out like a tape measure or anything. <laughs> though though you right. could though you could with at least the first two victims because they're walking along into the water and yeah, they're you know, the 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 female is, is her her wiles are working on them. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I <laughs> but mean, I'm uh, surprised the first guy didn't pole vault out of that water. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i do think it's neat how they stay under the i, I still want to call it like glass i mean i think mm -hmm. it's neat how he's kind of stays under that water stasis and they they kind of deteriorate gradually but they're, they're they don't drown they just kind of age and then he he sort of imploded and became like this weird um like burnt up kind of like papery weird thing yeah well it's it's eating them from the inside is what it it mm -hmm. seems to be doing you know and at one point it, it, we don't get to see the pov of the victim till the third one till mm -hmm. the third guy we're not quite sure what's going on with this black water in fact the first victim we don't even see the first victim what happens to him he's in the car she's like kind of you know looks at him and gives her little smile or whatnot and then all of a sudden we cut and he's not in the passenger seat anymore i love that bit i'm just like oh okay yeah i mean i just assumed the, like the first time even this time because i didn't re really remember the the mm -hmm. film all that well i was just kind of like oh he hey he got dropped off <laughs> well he did uh, <laughs> yeah a matter of speaking it's yeah yeah, she was already she was already out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's just funny to me. Like she has this this programming; she has it down to a T. Um, I mean, and she plays the part well. I mean, mm -hmm. okay, she's a drone. It's just in my mind, I was just like, okay, well, she's an alien, which I guess technically she is. She's this unknown being, right? I mean, it's. I do like that there are no answers, you know, mm -hmm. there's no scientist coming in to explain like, oh, we found this burnt up alien corpse, spoiler. Uh, and, you know, this is what yeah. this means. And we've been tracking these creatures, you know, for 50 years. It's all a complete mystery at the end. But um, you get just enough of a glimpse to understand that whoever wrote this movie and directed it, they probably had an entire backstory of how this whole thing works <laughs> because it's got a whole system it to it. Yeah. You know, from the, from the, the dark, the, the portal, like you walk into an apartment and it's like, you're walking into a, it's almost like a um, phantasm. Yeah. When they, you know, mm -hmm. in the, in the mausoleum, when they go through the two, you know, metal poles, they're in that other dimension. It doesn't make any mm -hmm. sense, but it's kind of like we're dealing with here. Um, yeah. It's, I love the, the mystery of it. 
like when the one guy, we follow him down under the water and we see him kind of making contact with that other guy. And he pops. I jumped because I'd forgotten what <laughs> I did happened. Too. I was like, oh, I my did too. Creepy as hell. Well, well it, uh, oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, when we have that crash at the beginning, um, and as you say, the bad man, he fetches her, but it's the same model. Um, and the female, um, you know, strips her clothes and takes on that persona. But we see that her her eyes tear. So it, it makes me wonder if they have this loop where they eventually come into knowing because she 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 cried. Like she showed some sense of, of emotion or some some sense of knowing. Well, it, it evolves. Huh. Her, her character evolves. At, mm-hmm. at the, when we were first introduced to her, like the first three victims, I would say half the first half, because there's only a body count of six in this altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, her first three victims, she's like, ah, eh. you know, she seems to be going kind of about her business. Uh, but yeah, she's evolving as she keeps hanging around people, uh, which is an interesting interesting message or metaphor whatever you want to call it uh i'm I'm not that versed in film school i apologize folks but a metaphor or or allegory whatever you want to call it is that her character is made to just not feel and what we learn Mm -hmm. later really is not meant to ever have actual coitus with these victims yeah because of the what happens later when she breaks away from whatever the mother room or whatever you want to call it uh you know uh but when she starts out she's more robotic and it goes along with what you're saying cara and i noticed it more this time than the first time i saw this i think is whenever she's talked to she doesn't respond back right away but scarlett Mm -hmm. johansson does this very subtle thing like her eyes don't really move or anything but she's just sitting there like she's thinking of how to properly respond to who's talking to her in the best way to get this person to go with her, you know, and, and she, she does an inquiry as well. Are you together with someone? Are you alone? Are you, you know, and she smiles, but she doesn't have like any expression. She doesn't move. It's like, she's processing it. She's like, Oh, you know, it's, it's like, I will use this method. Um, well, and when it, you know, when something doesn't work out, like I think it was the guy, one of the people that she runs into who's like kind of on the street while she's driving. Yeah. She's kind of asking him questions, getting a little bit flirtatious, but then she realizes that he's going off with someone and she immediately snaps from that kind of like flirtatiousness to dead-eyed stare and she's already like driving away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting what you say, Mark, because her reaction when she's trying to like compute what she's going, you know, how she's going to react, it reminds me of the Terminator, mm-hmm. you know, when Arnold is, you know, the T eight hundred. We're seeing the point of view of what his eyes are seeing, you know, that mm-hmm. that readout, and you know, the fuck you asshole. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like if we were to be watching what that looks like from the outside, he's probably just sitting there staring off into space, much like she is in this movie. Yeah, I mean, she she's very much like a robot, even though she's completely organic, which. We get this opening, this Terrence Malick opening of them. You figure, uh, yeah, Ian knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, this is not a Terrence Malick uh, opening um, because it's or, way too short for that. Oh, okay. It's, I'm uh, sorry. It's yeah. only a couple of minutes. It's, it's not a, 15. Yeah, yeah where, where <laughs> it's basically you get the impression she's either being made or transported because you get this core and a circle of light and suddenly we get to her eye and it looks like her eye. 
And then we see the ScarJo, uh, you know, being being the drone. So yeah, for so for like for her first three, um, but it's weird how things suddenly take a turn. It's almost when she gets jumped, the the van that she's in gets jumped by hooligans. Mm-hmm. I think is what suddenly is is the start of the turning am i off on that car or is that where kind of where it starts to she starts to break and like change for me i i noticed it when when the one guy was was rejected i didn't really get it Mm, when mm -hmm. when the car was attacked because she still sat there like she was trying to figure out what was going on Mm -hmm. and my my thought was like why are you still sitting there (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true you're right when the one guy is rejected um she but it's also like she's just when she gets uh the rose later on in traffic from a random guy yeah it's like she didn't know how to process that because this is no, yeah you know this is some random guy she didn't talk to or or turn on her flirt mode who just gave her a rose and and that started her thinking as well. It's, it's really interesting to see the progression of her character. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's cause that's the thing. Like this person was in another car, like a few lanes over and he had just had the rose peddler. Who's like walking around in traffic, selling flowers, car to car, give her one. It's kind of like, yeah, send this drink to the lady across the bar, but there was no way for her to act on that you know, flirtation. I don't think it's so much that he made the first move. It's just that you're right, Mark. She doesn't know how to process it because she's kind of stuck. Like, what do I do with this (laughs) information? It's not a straight up seduction. Plus she's not really in control. It's kind of like towards the end with the last guy that she meets that, uh, well, second to last guy that she meets, the the last nice person that she meets. (laughs) Um, She is so used to going out and finding these men and bring them back to her place that when she is approached and she's sort of away from her, you know, headquarters or whatever you want to call it. And he is inviting her into his place and kind of showing her, you know, tenderness and they go and they walk through this castle and, you know, they watch TV together. Um, and eventually they get intimate. You know, I don't think she was expecting any of that. It's interesting that we never see like his real reaction to any of that. He's very much confused, but she runs out of the house and into the woods. But yeah, it's like this whole new thing where she completely loses control of the situation. And then in the next encounter that she has, she loses all control of the situation when she's, you know, sexually assaulted and, you know, molested as she's, you know, passed out. Uh, it's such, it's a, it's weird because I felt really sad for her, even though she's just this, you know, black skin template drone alien character, because she just had the worst possible ending you could have, no matter what species you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she does. This is hey, Car, what'd you think of the progression of what they do with her character? I mean, I was I was kind of curious about it because that's kind of just going back to the rejected guy that's that's I'm still stuck on that but mm-hmm. I mean that's that's kind of like when she woke up and she starts exploring like herself she looks at herself and she's like what am I mm-hmm. um 
Well, and I'm I'm still on like, well, what really woke up that curiosity? Like she starts like actually looking at herself because she had always gotten down to her underwear and she was nude, but she never like actually looked at her own reflection. Like that was the first time, like when the guy fled, she caught her own reflection in that, in that stairwell. And, and she looked at herself, like, I guess that was like, like she had seen her reflection in a mirror before when she was applying makeup, but like, that's the first time she ever really seemed to pay attention. Well, I think she would, and it is a bit ambiguous too, but I think there's some connection between that guy who had the the physical deformity, you know, his mm -hmm. face was, you know, massively deformed. I think there were tumors of some kind. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she picks him up and everything and they have a conversation. And it's the first time that he's really been with someone or, you know, you get the feeling that he's ever had a woman give him the time of day, much less show like real affection. And there's that almost confusion because I don't know as an, a space alien, especially what she looks like underneath, under the skin, she yeah. probably doesn't understand what it looks like, you know, that sh she doesn't know that she's Scarlett Johansson. Like she's a, a 10 out of 10 <laughs> yeah. knockout attractive person. And she encounters this guy who's really lonely, who's been apparently rejected because he's quote unquote ugly. She probably doesn't understand that. And so when she's looking at herself in the mirror, she's probably tr having some kind of self-actualization like, am I attractive? Do, you know, why do, why do I have such luck with, you know, pulling people in and this other person who's very kind is rejected by, you know, society. It's not a, he's not a scumbag. <laughs> well, um, like, I guess she noticed the difference in like his um, physique compared to, to hers. Like, I guess she never really noticed everyone else looked different compared to him. Because she she didn't react like when she looked at him versus everybody else. To him, well, he was just another potential to bring back to the cave. Right, and that that's sort of my point is that in that conversation, I think she picks up on the fact that he's been kind of outcast because of the way he looks. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't quite understand what does that mean. You look like everybody else I've mm -hmm. ever encountered, even though he doesn't very clearly. But also, there is a there's a lack of aggression. I mean, some of the people that she picks up, you get the feeling are just, you know, nice, lonely guys. Some of them are creeps, but they all seem to want, you know, to, to get into her pants. Yeah. It's unclear that this guy, he might want that, but there's also, it seems like it's coming from a, a genuine place of interest and, and love and need. Uh, so maybe she was picking up on, maybe she let him escape because for whatever she's doing on earth with these men, because you notice she never goes after women. Mm -hmm. There is a, there is an extended sequence, a montage when she's out on the city street where we are treated to a couple of minutes of shots of mostly women who are either very young, middle-aged or old, not the age range that she is going out and seeking. I don't know what that exactly means or what the filmmakers are trying to tell us. They're definitely trying to say something. Well, I, I, I think it, it's part of her realization because we get that part and then we get the overlay of people over her fate. You know, the, the, this kind of overlay of more and more people like she's awakening to the world around her because up until that point, she was pretty much laser focused on find a guy Find out if they're alone so they're not going to be missed. Bring them back to get munched. That's it. That That's her whole, you know, that's all she focused on. And I was thinking back to the mirror scene that you're talking about because there's a mirror 
at the end of the staircase that I think is usually mostly covered or blackened or whatever, but it's not the lighting. That's what it is. The light in there. Cause she's usually out mostly at night or in the dark to where she didn't see herself in the mirror. And she's a drone. She's designed to lure people in part of it. If you notice a lot of the, and I'm getting there, don't worry. Uh, a lot of the shots are of like her face when, when they're talking to her, it's really, more until she gets into the room we see more of her just from like the shoulders up or whatnot so like her eyes are what like she's been designed the face to pull the guys in with her smile and her eyes and her personality and then you know pull them into the black room so they don't pay attention to the fact that there's being sunk into this black room and going to become food uh that's when she starts to disrobe actually so what i think happens is kind of she sees herself and that programming kind of kicks in. And so she, the, the, whatever allure or whatever tool they use for her eyes to try to make her be able to pull people in, she sees herself as a beautiful person. She's like, Oh, I'm, you know, it goes with what you're saying, Carl, when she's exploring her body later, uh, a little bit more. But I think the first time we actually get her to see in the mirror is that scene where she's down, she trips down the stairs or whatnot, and then she looks in the mirror, she gets up close. That's the first time she's actually looking in a mirror. Otherwise, when she's putting on her makeup or whatnot, she's not looking in a mirror. So that's the first time she sees herself. Hmm. Well, she sees herself when she's putting on the makeup. I mean, because she, she is looking in a, in a mirror. Now, whatever the focus, like, I think there is, I think you're hitting on something there, Mark, and I'm immediately reminded of Buffalo Bill from The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I want to see her start dancing to weird music and saying, do you want to fuck me? I'd fuck me. Except she'd probably be grabbing a lamp and, and discovering there's something there that she didn't know was there. Yeah, that was, that was, that was unusual to where she's getting with this guy who's been nice to her and she's kind of having an actual intimate moment, like an awakening. And then he actually goes for the full act and she's like, Ah, and she pushes him and <laughs> is looking down with the light. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's because he's kind of he's into it, and then he kind of stops. Yeah, I feel like he almost like hit a wall. <laughs> like this is supposed to go further than than it is, and uh, that's yeah. Then she jumps out of the bed. With the it's like a Barbie. There's like no actual whatever supposed to be down there, and I'm. See, see and <laughs> I where's the womb <laughs> see and and even in the in the mirror see, in the mirror scene part pardon me i'm i'm not being a guy i'm looking at this from a film way the way it's lighted or whatnot uh she's fully nude in front of the mirror but you know you're right i don't think she's anatomically correct below the waist and i think that's because I was trying to figure out why she reacted like that. She either is anatomically correct or she wasn't. And the guy tried and nothing happened. And she's like, wait, what? I thought I was a woman completely, you know, like from top to bottom. And she wasn't. I, I, Cara, how'd you, how'd you take that? Do you think she was or wasn't? I mean, I, I know that she's aware that she's in this shape, but I don't think she's really aware of what she is because she she investigates like what is this what's down there <laughs> right that's why i say i'm like i she kind of 
investigates this thing that she didn't even know was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because if she's never had to use that <laughs> before, because she's meant to be just the, you know, the honeypot, the, the the trap to get the guys into the room so the water or whatever mm -hmm. can do the rest of the work. She's never had to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, and even when we see her kind of fully naked, the 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 lighting and the use of shadow kind of like very tastefully obscure stuff so you don't quite see everything down right, between right. i'm trying not to be graphic well that's <laughs> what i was trying to get what i'm saying yes. that's what i'm trying but I, I and the only reason i'm bringing it up is not because i'm old dude but because yes, it, it <laughs> okay well, but no what i'm saying is that it's it's a, a it's a point in the plot because when that act happens she reacts and suddenly next thing we know we see her trying to roam in the woods all by herself uh yeah. getting away from everything you know um so there's a lot of underneath things that could be going on with her character is she is she or isn't she actually completely built like a, a human female is she not if she's not does that make her realize fully what she actually is and she goes into hiding so she tries to stay away from people or the other thing you know it's just trying to find herself basically in the woods um and then well, unfortunately things happen the the fact that even in that sex scene she keeps her shirt on for all we know she mm -hmm. doesn't even have memories well, I mean, she does, she gets, we see her topless in a couple of scenes here. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's got, again. Well, I had forgotten that, but yeah, you're right. No, no, no well, but what I'm thinking, like, if in terms of, if we're talking about body parts that are, I'm trying to keep this tasteful, body that parts that are, well, <laughs> that, that that would come in handy when trying to do what her job is. Right. You know having a nice you know set of fully realized breasts would be very helpful because if she had the barbie thing kind of like she might down below even if the guys are seduced when they're getting into the room they might be like what is going on there <laughs> um whereas the part down below is not as important especially if she's just going to be getting down to her you know underwear or, or whatever um but yeah it's what I think is really kind of cool, though, is, you know, towards the end of the movie, when we see her actual form, or even when we realize that she's in you know, real danger with this logger guy that won't leave her alone and eventually sets mm -hmm. her on fire, we realize that she is an alien, but that doesn't mean like she's an alien like we usually see in these movies where she's got super strength or like eight yeah. hidden arms that can come thrash this guy all over the woods. No, she's very vulnerable. She's just, you know, an employee or a soldier or whatever you want to call it that, you know, is just as susceptible to the the harms of dangerous men as anybody else. Yeah, well, and and as far as the uh, you know the way she looks, we eventually see her with the skin off because the guy, the logger guy, uh, in this very very disturbing way, it was shot. I mean, it they they it's supposed to get the emotional impact i was impressed of how they shot it to where they still get the idea across even though you don't fully get you know what i'm saying that they cut away a lot of times in that and it still has the emotional impact without necessarily being gratuitous as far as what it actually shows on screen but he sees his hands are black he's like what the hell and we see her pull the skin off so what i'm thinking is that 
her skin had no sensation to it. It was just the skin she wore was literally like her uniform. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I don't think she had any sensation. So when she's being intimate, I think, and where I was going with this, it kind of goes back to when she's actually finally having one into her first intimate moment with a a guy, her shirts on or whatnot, because she doesn't think of it because it's just like, you know, you're wearing your overalls or what you know she she has no real feeling so she's this is all do it and she doesn't really need to because there's no feeling there i don't think so you know what i'm saying is that i because she doesn't even she doesn't even realize with the logger guy what he's doing until she wakes up and she sees what he's doing it's like i don't think his his feeling her leg woke her i think she woke and then she's like what the hell? <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense because there's a couple of times we see her and, and I think the bus driver even comments on it because she's, you know, it's Scotland. It's like winter. It's very cold. And yet there are some scenes where she's just walking around in like a pink top with, you know, mm-hmm. jeans. And he's like, aren't you cold? You're going to catch your death. You know, why don't you put on a coat or something? What you're saying about this being her uniform makes a lot of sense. You know, to her that skin she's in might be a parka, you know, because it's, it's completely protecting the, you know, it's, it's completely covering the black skin that she's got underneath. So she's probably nice and toasty. What I love is when we do see the, the crack, like we see the slice up her back, but it's shot in such a way that it almost looks like a hole in the fabric of reality. It's so black that you're like, it doesn't look like there's something under there. It looks like there's, a piece missing from the world. Um, yeah, it's very, very effective, very creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that for the first time and and thinking to myself, what is that? What happened? But seeing it the second time, I was like, that that would have been blood the way he was ripping at her. Mm-hmm. It, it could have been, yeah. And, uh, you know, and it, you, get that, you get that scene, too, to where she pulls her skin off because he's been so violent with her that he's ripped her basically uniform of the skin mascara so when she takes off the face part she turns it around and she's actually looking at herself mm-hmm. and, and we see the eyes blink and that you know and, and they're they're watering much like the mm-hmm. the body we see at the very beginning of the film yeah right yeah because uh, they 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 get this body for the clothes for her to wear to go out into the world. The bad man does because the bad man does all the bad things. He eventually kills the, the disfigured man because the disfigured man ran away. Um, it's hard to say whether or not she let him go or if he was rejected by the black, uh, uh, the pool. That uh, is a mystery because he goes, I think we see him, pretty much submerged right right or do we okay i mean that's the way i understood it is he he went in like once you're there there's there's no getting out right so but yeah then we but then we see him running like naked through the field and then hopping the fences and it's interesting because the bad man knew where to go Mm -hmm. to pick him up exactly like he knew to go to that neighborhood to that house smash that car to pop the trunk to get the guy coming over the fence. 
Like, there's no way he should have been able to know that. Well, well, not necessarily because the guy left his clothes all at the house. So they very well could have got his wallet and his address off his ID and gone there. My first thought was he sniffed him out. <laughs> or he sniffed him out. The bad, the bad man seems to, he's, he's the soldier so he's got a little bit different connection than her because you know he knows where she's at i think almost at all times just about. and there's a crew of them there there's that one there there's one shot where we see multiple you know mm-hmm. bad men on motorcycles they're not really brought up again and again none of this is explained it's it's a mm-hmm. delicious mystery but uh yeah he he just kind of shows up and then we see him at the end standing on top of that like mountain looking up over the mist it's unclear what he knows about what happened to to the the female. I don't think he does because I think when she gets the self realization, and it's of course it's the visual metaphor, folks, that he they hit you over the head with. She's driving the van till the van runs out of gas, and she opens it up, and there's this wonderful Scottish fog. Yes, folks, look, she's in a fog, and she. <laughs> She's got a couple different ways she could go back to the van or leave the fog. And she leaves the fog. And once she leaves the fog, she starts exploring herself. She tries to eat because we've never seen her actually eat. And she realizes <laughs> she can't eat. <laughs> yeah. She just spits out this delicious chocolate cake. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, and then she meets nice guy who lets her know, hey, the bus is coming. And she's walking. She's like processing going. I guess I'll wait for the bus. Uh, <laughs> you know, because she's got nowhere really to go. Cause at this point you feel like she's very disconnected from whatever hive mind or whatever that, you know, created her at this point. Um, because the bike guys can't find her. They're finding hints and evidence along the way, but they're not finding her. And even at that end, the guy can't find her at all, probably because she's dead. So he's looking for her, but there's no signal anymore at all because she ended up getting set on fire. Um, This is almost like a reverse rape revenge movie. Well, not really. I mean, nothing was done wrong to the guy. I mean, he kind of got lured in by her her siren effect and then... Mm -hmm. He wanted to have his way with her and then there was that shock reaction like what are you i i don't know what you are therefore i fear you so i'm going to kill you right but i mean well what i mean by that is that we see the violent act end up happening to her um at the end of the movie and you know at the beginning of the movie she was luring guys in to become food i mean if you look at it from the opposite way uh, you know, you could turn it to the rape revenge angle of having the, the bad thing happen to her at the beginning, not get set on fire, but say she gets away out of the woods. And then pretty soon she starts luring the guys into the the black ooze as part of to get back at the. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just spinning. I'm just no, I, spinning. Wheels I here, kind right? of get what you're you're saying, Mark. But I mean, the, the, the problem with with that is that rape revenge movies are all about intent true uh to do mm-hmm. like harm and, and aggression and she has in no this case yeah. she yeah to her i mean she's basically like experimenting with an ant farm you know <laughs> she doesn't know about people she doesn't really care about people until you know later on it's kind of like if we found out that we could develop 
the ant is a perfect metaphor because mm -hmm. the body from the beginning, she sees the, that there's an ant crawling on the corpse. She kind of looks at it like, what if we were able to develop an emotional connection to ants? Uh, and then they <laughs> turned around and set us on fire. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, you know, she kind of gets a comeuppance that cosmically, I guess, could be seen as, you know, justice for the people that she had helped kill. But I don't think that she is thinking of them as, you know, she's not doing something evil. It's just it's, she's like making hamburgers or whatever the hell they're doing with that intergalactic organization. It's just her programming. I mean, that's what yeah. she, you know, uh, and, you know, you get because she doesn't know how to interact with people. She has one purpose. We get that when she's in the club. She's confused by the club. She tries to get out of the club as soon as possible because she's like, I don't know how to be social. <laughs> yeah, it's more like, what is this? What are they doing? In fairness, that's my reaction whenever I've gone to a club. Like, <laughs> what am I doing here? I, I, I got to get out immediately. It's past my bedtime already. Hey. Yes. Um, what are the it's 8 p.m., damn it. No. <laughs> One of the things about the nudity, though, is I think part of the nudity that we see her use depends on how willing her victim is and it seems like she ha she had to get nude uh, more nude just enough to pull the guys in who questioned her because the first guy was just all in so she she didn't even have to get like she was down to her underwear and that guy's like oh yeah um <laughs> you know and then he's like what the fuck i'm good and then you know the second guy was a little bit more hesitant so she disrobed a little bit more third guy you know, we get to the deformed guy. He's still hesitant because he's not sure of her intentions because he's like, no one has ever interacted with me like a human before. You get that impression anyway. Mm -hmm. It's almost like he's expecting to end up like Melvin from the Toxic Avenger. You know, <laughs> just like curtain goes up and everyone's pointing and laughing. Oh, yeah. You know, so then she has to fully, she, he's the first one she fully disrobes in front of, like from head to toe, because he's still hesitant because he's looking back at the door like, um, you know, until she finally like fully does it. He's like, yeah, okay. And then the ooze is like, no, we don't want you on our conveyor or she, you know, rescues him, one of the two, but, um, which that's the only point we ever get. And I, I like movies like this because they, they aren't holding your hand, but you can kind of fill in the blanks or yeah. however you want. We do get one visual, don't we, Kara, of what happens to the insides of the gentlemen that get digest. But they're never explaining what that is, do they? No, that's that's the interesting part. And I agree with you is I, I don't like um, I don't like being spoon fed. I like kind of making up my own conclusions. And I mean, everybody kind of walks away with their own version of the film. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why I don't really like American film films as much. Western films more times than not will hold your hand and feel the need to give you an explanation. Uh, <laughs> they just, that's just the way it is. It's the way the audiences have been groomed over the years, um, which is probably why this was, known because scar joe was in it but a lot of people watched it going what the fuck <laughs> yeah um i i like that it has rewatchability. like i noticed a lot more the second time watching it i'm i'm sure i'll pick up a lot more each time i rewatch it mm -hmm. um 
I mean, the, the fact that it doesn't spoon feed me, that's fine, but just don't, <laughs> don't wear a trench coat and insist that I, I stick my hand in your pocket. <laughs> wow. Uh, no worries. I own a trench coat, but I would never ask that of anyone. Uh, well, except maybe Ian, but you know, never <laughs> Uh, you can ask, but only <laughs> once, and then we will not be doing shows together again. No, um, I, I do want to get back to, because um, something I noticed is yeah. I want to get back to that beach scene. Sure. Because I forgot that that's only like, that's like 22 minutes into this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, this is a great way to open your film, first with the eyeball and then the beach. But the, it was it's a family of three. It's a, a husband and wife. They're or 18-month-old kid. And the family dog out on this beach, and apparently the dog goes into the water and then is having trouble. So the mom goes in. I noticed the mom; she's still maybe she was panicked, but she's wearing her heavy ass yeah. fur coat. Like we see her like yeah. struggling against the wave. Like, what are you doing? And then the dad goes in after, and none of them make it out. Even the surfer that tries to help, uh, he gets you know kind of overcome with it. But then she the female helps him back to the beach just long enough to bash his head in with a rock. Yeah. Um, it's, it's terrifying because you see the kid, the little baby up on sort of up on the rocks, you know, like when the dad left him to go into the water and then later at nighttime, when the bad man comes to collect the body of the guy on the, or the, I guess the remains of the person on the beach, you see that the kid is closer to the shoreline. So he, has probably toddled his way back onto the beach. And you're like, oh my God, no, he's going to end up in that water. Then later you hear the news report about the guys, the guy was recovered, but his wife and, you know, Kid. infant yeah. son were missing. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it just, my heart still breaks just thinking about it. High tide. Because the, kid, the kid's screaming. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, baby, you know, movie baby crying. It sounds like, and, and I almost don't want to know how they filmed that scene because it <laughs> sounds like really traumatic for this one and a half year old because that crying goes on and on and on throughout the scene with the radio report because I think there's another kid kind of crying in the car next to her, but it's sort of that melding of the two babies from one scene to the next, but just, it's so eerie. Yeah, it's... I, I wish horror, I wish other horror directors would look at this scene because this is one of the more scary scenes I've witnessed in a horror film. There's no music. There's no jump scares. The horror comes from how cold her character is throughout this whole thing. Because, yeah. you know, first the dog gets pulled in the riptide. Then you witness the wife who's just panicked. The husband goes in after the wife, not thinking of his kid. You all know how this is probably going to end. And she's just staring there observing, you know, and then the surfer guy goes and you expect, oh, well, maybe it's going to be a happy thing. He's going to be able to rescue, you know, at least the two parents, unfortunately for the dog. But you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. but then he comes up exhausted and she's just she moves closer to the action, but she just stands there watching. And then when he comes out exhausted, she literally nonchalantly just comes up, looks at him, looks at the rocks around him, <laughs> goes like, nah, this is too small. This is too, oh, this one. Picks it up. Scarlett Johansson's acting in this is wonderful. She just comes yeah. up and she just stares at it and she just goes, thunk. 
and it's the way the <laughs> the thunk isn't enhanced. There's no music to this scene. They're just all natural, all, and it is frightening. It is disturbing, and you're like, this is horrific. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're right, Mark. It it doesn't take, you know, all that production or gore or, you know, jump scare stuff. I think something that's missing from a lot of modern horror is the fact that the stuff that really terrifies us, horrifies us, makes us scared, the little things, you know, just the idea yeah. of something happening like to a kid or someone, you know, someone you know being kidnapped or something like that. Just the idea of something bad happening is enough to send chills down your spine. You don't need the embellishments. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Kara, you're you're the the horror expert for sure. Uh how'd you feel about this whole scene? Would you say it, it it's pretty freaking scary? I I think it was really effective. I mean, the right down to the screaming, um, I agree with you just the natural sounds. I think that I mean, it didn't occur to me that nothing was enhanced, but just the fact that the natural sounds and you could you could see it coming that the, the guy was just I, I right as you were describing that I was and that, that's kind of like why I was inappropriately giggling. Is I just kind of heard it in my mind as just pow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not an embellish. It's a more realistic thunk, you know, and. Yeah. And I, it, the, I think what makes what adds the horror to that versus like the slashers. That don't get me wrong, I love my slashers and gory gore fest and everything. I love those type of films, but those films I don't consider as scary. This is actually horrific because we've all been to the beach. We've all the, the realism, yeah. Right, we've all swam in the water when there's higher waves. We all, pretty much, most people I think know if you go to the beach and water, especially where there's the ocean, there are riptides. You have to be careful because you can get pulled in and pulled out to sea very quickly. <laughs> that that happened to me when I was seven. Ooh. I just, I was going down. I was in the process of drowning and my aunt pulled me out of the water at the last second. Um, it's not fun. No, no I, can, I can imagine <laughs> it's not. Um, but I mean, those real world type of scenarios, I think, end up being very more effective than say the you know someone getting beheaded by a guy in a hockey mask <laughs> you know? yeah um and that's where a, a lot of the horror for this comes in is is it's not really embellished it's just like you're witnessing this going oh dear god you know it, i mean the only part that's embellished is the part where we get the guy seeing them digested which i'm glad we showed i don't like getting my handhold but i like seeing okay what does happen with them because i think yeah. if you get that you're spending most of the film going what's happening to these guys so they at least they show you so like here you go about halfway through they're like this is what happens quit thinking about it now uh <laughs> yeah they, they, well they throw you a little crumb right well and also you know just the one guy that you know reaches out and holds the hand of the other guy right before he pops I mean, it's unclear what exactly is going on. You don't know if he's feeling pain mm -hmm. or if it's just the psychological pain of, I'm just going to be down here in this formaldehyde or whatever. Because you do get the, that kind of feeling because yeah. the, the one guy that he's reaching out to, his body is distorted, but it's not completely gross. It's like kind of, uh, you know, the skin is pulled in different parts. But there is some kind of sentience in there because it does reach out for him. 
So he's probably sitting there wondering, is this going to happen to me? How long am I going to be down here? Because I'm still apparently alive. I'm not having trouble breathing, but just the terror of it. And we don't see what happens to that guy. He's probably just still hanging out down there for however long. Right. Until his skin comes loose enough, because I think that's why they're soaking. They're like soaking to loosen up the skin. And then and then their insides get sucked out, put on a conveyor and get shoved into some kind of engine that, you know, again, don't get really an answer. You just get the idea that there is a being out there using these people like drones and soldiers to lure lonely folks in to digest them to survive. It's the, or or it's the flesh farms like in the Terminator movies. That's oh, what they, that. they use yeah. to grow the skin. They're recycling the, <laughs> the body parts to make the skin for their oh, alien yeah. drones. Yeah, they're using the skin to make their drones. Absolutely. You you could, you know, they 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 don't waste not what not, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the interesting facts about this film, uh, I I always love this trivia is and this is fitting from what we were talked about, bringing it back around to what we talked about at the beginning of the movie is Scarlett Johansson was an indie, you know, face, but not really a big like her name. Her face wasn't like plastered all over billboards or whatnot. Apparently, the guys that she picks up in the van scenes were real guys. They weren't actors and uh, at first, apparently, according to according to trivia, the men lured into the van by Scar Joe's character were not actors. Jonathan Glazer had hidden cameras installed in the van and only informed the men afterwards that they were in a movie. <laughs> yeah. That's some real taxi cab confession shit. I like that. Which, <sighs> you know, it explains their more common guy look. Uh, he didn't want to use... Uh, and then the... Uh, Adam Pearson is the gentleman's name, the one who plays the disfigured man. Um, apparently... Uh, the guy broke his leg on the way to the audition. He got struck by a car. So he oh. did his audition for Glazer. He went to the hospital and gave him the job, <laughs> which was through, I guess there's a, a, a organization called a team called contacted uh, changing faces, a charity supporting people with facial disfigurements. And they hired him and uh, he gave uh, Adam Pearson gave ideas of how Scarlett Johansson was going to seduce his character. Uh, and they worked that. I'm sure he did, <laughs> <laughs> but took 10 years to make altogether. That's wow. Crazy. Yeah. Which again, if it was early, even as she was the indie darling in that, if she was shooting this early, you know, even you know eight years prior or whenever they actually shot her scenes people wouldn't know who she was you know not now scarlett johansson pulls up into a van all dressed up kind of you know like she was and just goes would you like to come in almost you know you're gonna get all kinds of people going yeah okay yeah yeah." (laughs) scarlett johansson It's uh, it's the Borat effect. Like (laughs) it could do that, you know, twenty years ago, but now Sasha Baron Cohen goes anywhere and is like, nope. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's an interesting film. Uh, There is a trailer, and to get to the trailer before we get to our our final thoughts with this, uh, was the trailer truth or trailer trash, Kara? Uh, I'm not gonna call it trash, but it was definitely a fib in my opinion. How so? I mean, it, it's definitely a study, but um, 
at least in my opinion, the way I read into it is they they call it like some exploratory of human mm-hmm. discovery or human nature. And I mean, I don't I don't consider it like a true eye opener the way it was depicted in the in the trailer and maybe i just misread that i mean i didn't walk out away from it with like some true experience like oh i've i've um had like some revelation (laughs) yeah yeah i could see that uh what about you ian would you say the trailer tells the truth or is it trash I, I think it I think it tells the truth. It's it's tricky when you're watching trailers like this that have the critic blurbs interspersed because you gotta separate that from the story that the trailer's trying to sell. I understand what you're saying, Kara, because especially when it comes to like blurbs from critics like it was it changed my life. It was mind blowing. <laughs> I've never thought of this before. I'm like, well, you need to get out more because because <laughs> everybody's different. But no, I mean <clears throat> It was it, so mind-blowing, I changed my underpants. <laughs> <laughs> and I discovered there was nothing down there. Weird, wow. I'm an alien. No, um, <laughs> but I think it's it's unfortunate because it does tell the truth. It does sell the movie that, you know, it's trying to sell. But unfortunately, like the eyeball thing is like right there and some of the music choices. And you don't really have the context for the the fiery thing at the end, but like the very end of the movie is right there. Just all these things that, like, I would rather someone, you know, just if you just have a picture of Scarlett Johansson, like, driving and picking up random men with that score. Yeah. And then just say, under the skin, don't even (laughs) tell anybody that it's about aliens or weird black water. That's great because I want to discover all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever watched the trailer for this movie before I saw it in the theaters. My friend had just told me about it. Um, and that's the perfect way to do it because mm-hmm. any visual spoiler in this movie is going to rob you of the experience. Yeah. And the, you're right about the score. The score is very effective. It's sparse, yeah. but when it's used, it's very dissonant and disturbing. And you're just like, oh, crap's going to go down. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. I mean, it looks artsy. It looks very interesting. I'll give it that. And mm. I think that's probably where I went wrong is I was definitely paying more attention to what was said about the film than actually watching oh, the trailer. Yeah. No, I could see that because I was watching the text too. And that's where I was like, there's like this erotic experience. I'm like, <laughs> did you watch the same movie I did? Because there's not, Well, it's not cat people. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, one final little trivia is what hypothesis suggests the female is called a selkie instead of an alien. Selkies are mythological creatures found in Scotland, Irish, and Icelandic folklore. They are said to live as seals in the sea, but their skin becomes human on land. Selkies are described as being very beautiful in their human form and therefore great seductive powers. So I'm wondering if that was influence not saying that that's completely but maybe that idea is what influenced this movie and the book i don't know but what i want i want there to be a nationwide prank where all the theaters showing little mermaid remake next week i mean under I, the I, skin <laughs> oh God. i saw her more as a siren because she was yeah. leading men to their death right yeah totally (laughs) wow now i just 
you just that song's got a whole new meaning now thank you yeah i, I got that too i i kind of heard that at the beginning when you were introducing the film <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay. i mean it, it kind of fits too down here where it's wetter and i'm like under that glass <laughs> <laughs> things are yes. better down where it's wetter take it for me uh <laughs> Out on the street, you sweat all day. Under the blackness, you fade away. <laughs> Look, I just want someone to recut the trailer for this movie with Under the Sea. I don't care which version. I think it would line up. probably out there somewhere. I, if not, it should be. Harry Russ Internet, do it. Do it now. Do it now. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and to go along with the controversy of the new movie, there are... Our new uh, heroine under the sea is is also black. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, there you like go. under the yeah. skin. Technically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically, mm -hmm. technically, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she does have red hair. <laughs> she does. Oh, look at that! <laughs> We're trying more and more. Before we get Disney to shut us down, uh, oh, okay. final thought, Ian, with uh, under the skin. Would you recommend it? I would, and if this gets any kind of a retrospective or, you know, special art house screening somewhere, definitely go see it in a movie theater. Because mm -hmm. um, the visuals are stunning. The audio landscape, including that score, just mm -hmm. magnificent. It's a great, I think it's a great movie and kind of an underrated, a deceptively complex performance from Scarlett Johansson because, yeah, it's just like she's walking around, she's kind of looking, you know, dead-eyed. She doesn't do a whole lot. She does a lot. And one thing I hadn't picked up in the beginning with the whole eyeball thing, you hear this really weird distorted like voice. And I realized for the first time, like that's her learning to talk and to enunciate. And it's so yeah. creepy, but very effective. And it just adds to this, you know, mystery of this story that's being told. Love this movie. I'm trying to figure out what that was. Yeah. The, yeah it, it dawned it, on me the uh, first uh, Yeah. Uh, well, and those are like, I think some of those were even like, because uh, I used to have some, I, I have some actor friends, like uh, uh, exercises you do for when you want to enunciate, you you do those type of exercises with the fa, 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 ah, ah, be, be, you know, yeah. all that. Like warming up the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kara, what's your final thought with Under the Skin? I, I like it. I want to say it's, I don't know if you would agree with me, but subtly complex. Like mm -hmm. it's not as simple a story as it, right. as it seems. Um, mm -hmm. It does have that rewatchability. Re um, it's not, maybe not a film that um, you can pick up like one of those, oh, this is my go-to movie, but it's definitely <laughs> something you can, you can sit and, and watch, um, maybe once every few months or it's one of those fun films that you can introduce to somebody mm -hmm. like, Hey, check mm -hmm. out this. Yeah. Especially like people who only know Scarlett Johansson from <laughs> the Marvel movies. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. She can also, can also do this. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Oh, you like her big juicy butt. Check this one out. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. I think that was the tagline on the poster initially, but they they, <laughs> they threw that out because they didn't want to they didn't want to offend anyone. Uh, <laughs> there's a take. If you like ScarJo's big juicy butt, come see Under the Skin. 
<laughs> now showing at theaters exclusively. Uh, <laughs> no, that's showing exclusively on Mr. Skin. On Mr. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I would recommend this film, too. I, I, I dig it a lot more. I think I dig it a lot more now than when I first watched it. But it's one of those yeah. films where if someone hasn't seen it, this is a, one of those great films where you take that person, you sit with them and you watch it with them. Uh, and then at the end, you discuss things because, yeah. uh, it you know, this is one of those films where it would be fun to watch it with someone who hasn't seen it before and just see their reactions for the first time after mm -hmm. you know what's going on. But you're right. It's subtly complex. If you take it just for what it's like, you're like, well, there's not much dialogue and she's just walking around and in it. And you're like, yeah, but pay attention a little bit more of what's going on. It's nuanced cinema, which you don't get a lot of, uh, especially nowadays. And I, that's why I enjoy it. I always love films that don't get too complex, yet they're trying to say a lot. And I think this film does. I highly recommend it, too. So there you go, folks. Three recommendations for this. And now it is a Perfect Ten episode. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, we get to spin the wheel of random... Yes, that's the wheel of erotica. The, no, that's for a different show, Kara. Uh, but <laughs> now you gave me the idea, so maybe next year's special, we'll we'll see. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll look at erotic cinema. It's, we'll, it's we'll, another the, the, skin episode. <laughs> that'll be the the soft core room. Yeah, that'll be a there you the go. 2024 that, theme. There, let's see. There's 52 weeks in the year. Every week we look at a different Emmanuel movie. There we go. There, we'll probably, there you go. We'll probably hit them all. Uh, we'll go in chronological order, too, and then it branches off on if there's sequels or not. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, have, gotta have a Shannon Tweed month in there somewhere. There you go. There you go. But we're back now to the Wheel of Random. Let's see <laughs> what we're going to cover next month. Round and around and around she goes where it stops nobody knows. And we get... Oh, ho, ho. And there it is, folks. Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Nice. A movie that I did not care for when it first came out. Oh, I fine. I, I, that's why I'm looking forward to revisiting it because um, I didn't care for it the first time around. I awesome. don't know if I've seen that movie. I really? might have seen it and forgotten about it, but... Yeah. Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters is definitely an, an interesting film. Uh, yeah. So now I'm going to have to come up with a theme for maybe we'll just do all Hansel and Gretel movies next month. <laughs> Hansel and Gretel get baked. Yes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so there you go, folks. That's our perfect 10 episode for next month. We'll be Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Look to thespecialmarkproductions.com for our schedule when I come up with a theme based around that movie. And now, as always, hashtag license to shill to my wonderful guests here. Uh, Ian, you go first this time and change the pace. What do you got to shill? Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my other mashup idea besides the whole like little mermaid thing yeah i want to see because this movie takes place in scotland yeah i want to see a, a mix of under the skin and train spotting <laughs> oh, like God. she's just like going through drive through oh. edinburgh picking up like sick boy and <laughs> renton and begbie what <laughs> what happens to them 
Um, wow. I, I would love to see a mashup of the diarrhea skin and the skin getting peeled off. <laughs> yes. Uh, look, skin spotting. Someone make it. Okay. Skin spotting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Ian Simmons. Uh, I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com. I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, just look on YouTube uh, under Kicking the Seat. I do interviews and movie reviews and roundtables. And this Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Central, we're going to be talking about Superman 1978. We're we'll visiting a classic. And next week, also at Wednesday, we're going to be at Wednesday. Um, we're going to be doing Superman 2 comparison of the original cut and the Donner cut. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff to look forward to. It's all, And I'm also here every Monday it's night. It's all part of this release that is coming out or is out now, the 4K release of Superman. Uh, that has inspired that. I probably won't make this Wednesday, but maybe next Wednesday. So we'll see. All right. Uh, but uh, and Kara, please shill away. What do you got? Um, I have an unboxing video, blind bag, Ooh. which should be out tomorrow. Um, Blackcraft Cult. If anybody's into uh, blind bags or just um, counterculture clothing type stuff, but that'll be on my channel. Same as my. Uh, handle name right there, Horror Retrospective. Um, but that's the only current thing that I have. And um, I'm also live streaming on Saturdays, 2 o'clock Central Time. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Check out both these fine folks' material because it is wonderful. And if you're at all curious, specialmarkproductions.com for all your movie man needs. We got all our stuff there. I've got an interview with a filmmaker for a movie I reviewed last week, Mickey Hardaway, uh, Marcellus Cox. I'm going to be talking to him this week. So look for that interview. And I've got another interview possibly lined up next week for a gentleman who made the documentary, The Mom and Dad Nipple Factory. <laughs> which is a, it is a documentary about his parents who ended up designing nipples that are used for women who've had mastectomies. So mm. it was a fascinating documentary. And I didn't like it just because it was set in Wisconsin, though it did happen in Wisconsin. So woohoo, Wisconsin represent the same state <laughs> that brings you old brandy, old fashions in a can also uh, does some, has some really other things to offer so a lot of great stuff coming up on the channel please subscribe to us here on the spoiler room because you'll want to see what i come up with for next month i don't know yet uh, based off of this movie but i thank each and every one of you uh and uh yeah oh i also got to plug astro radio z soon will have an episode that is long awaited it took me way too long to edit it but uh we got the bottom we got the bottom rack crew back together to do a special episode of an asylum movie that came out a little while ago. We didn't know. And so you're going to want to check out Astro Radio Z, I believe. I'm not sure when Derek's going to be posting it, but there's just a little tease, little tease there. So thank you so much, folks. And I would just say a good night, everyone. Good night. Good evening. <laughs> good evening uh, and good night. Uh, good evening. Don't, don't get into strange vans. <laughs> <laughs>